Hello and welcome back to another episode of the PPC podcast. I'll be your host today. Uh, my name is Garrett Gerhardt. I'm the director of Emerging Generations here uh, at PPC. And with us today is Alfredo Delgado. Hi, Alfredo. Hi, Gary. How you doing? I'm doing well. I uh, enjoyed your message uh, last Sunday, which was as of this recording, which was yesterday. And um, I'm enjoying this journey of freedom um, as we get ready for Easter in a few weeks. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you see uh, specifically what we learned on Sunday. How does that fit, fit in into this journey of freedom that we're going to kind of culminate on Easter? So, yeah, we have been talking about freedom because we know that uh, we are comparing ourselves somehow to the Israelites that were under bondage, right? And they were kind of struggling with their lives there in Egypt. And then now here comes Moses with a new message, with a new uh, idea and a, and a vision for freedom. But then um, we also see that Jesus also comes right to us and and we with this idea of freedom and a new message to the, the 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 gospel right and so we are comparing those things together putting those things together and trying to make sense of what is it that god is asking us as a as a, as a human beings and as a christians uh, how do we understand and embrace freedom and i think as we think about lent the lent season that ends in in resurrection, the, you know, Easter day, we think about total freedom, mm-hmm. and because Easter is to- total freedom from sin and from bondage, bondage. Right, right. And uh, on Sunday, your uh, the title of your message was uh, "From Scarcity to Abundance." Uh, what I really like is the very first thing you did is you kind of you grabbed our attention because in in a lot of ways you flipped that idea. So you talked about the Israelites and, and slavery, and of course. Of course, in our mind, like that's that's would be the scarcity time, the time when you're a slave, uh, you have nothing, you have no belongings, um, you are in a whole new country. But interesting, if you, if you think about it, um, they had a meal every day, mm-hmm. and uh, they had to work really hard for that. But at the end, uh, Pharaoh wanted to uh, protect his property, his investment, and so he made sure to feed the Israelites. And so uh, you you talked about uh, the slave diet, how um, in a lot of ways, the Israelites, uh, for them to seek freedom, they had to give up this easy meal, this constant, um, in some ways, abundance. Just every day there would be food. They didn't have to think about it. It was there. Uh, how does that tie into what we think about uh, today when we think about, um, I guess, living after the freedom that Christ offers us? So, you know, we said yes, we use the language of slaves' diet versus free people meals and so we were talking about how that was a reality for them they did have probably good food they even refer back to that when they are going through the crisis in the desert and they say hey you know we're we probably are going to die here in this desert moses you know in the past we used to have this for sure right meals and they even say meat and fish and melons and all you know that is they basically describe their uh, their diet and they were kind of happy that they had they did have a dad but at the same time they they didn't have freedom and so for me that was a a diet of, of 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 oppression you know, they were oppressed, they were fed, but they were oppressed. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about freedom and total freedom. And so it's the same th- thing for us. You know, we when we are doing what our own will, we probably are getting whatever we want. 
you know, probably we're getting our own clothing, our own food, whatever. But sometimes we are not paying attention that that comes with a price tag. Everything you get in life, basically, either or freedom or slavery, emotional, psychological, spiritual, or even physical um, slavery or freedom comes with a, with a price tag. And for them, the price tag of having whatever they wanted to eat was to be punished, hit, humiliated, whatever, right? Even killed sometimes. Now, the freedom that they got when they left Egypt came with a price tag too. Now they don't have the melons, they don't have the meat, they don't have hamburgers or whatever, right? They they don't have anything that they used to. Now they have to depend on God totally. And Moses and Aaron and, and, Mer- and Miriam to get their food. And so that is kind of complicated. So freedom implies also leaving something behind and and also implies a price. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I see that a lot um, in my years in youth ministry. You know, that transition from, uh, I guess, non-believing to believing and becoming a Christian, um, it isn't always rainbows and butterflies and sunshine. You know, as soon as you become a Christian, it doesn't mean your life instantly get better. The, the, the most definite way that I see it is now these students often have to go back and make these difficult life changes um, now that they have the freedom in Christ. And that can be hard and scary. Uh, sometimes that includes uncomfortable conversations with parents and friends and then confronting the sin. And then, and then you have this moment uh, as a new believer that when things aren't going well and you're not experiencing the joy you experienced when you first accept Christ, you begin to question the value of this freedom. Like, mm-hmm. man, this is not what I thought it would be. And I think even being in ministry, sometimes I think that oftentimes that responsibility falls on on us a lot of times in ministry, that we want so badly for them to follow after Christ that you know we don't always are able to fully communicate. Like you said, it's complicated and it's not always going to be easy. And there's something you talk about, we'll talk about a little bit later, um, God offers freedom, but you're not always going to like it. You know, he offers faith, but it's not always going to go well. Um, and I think that's, you know, it's important for, for anyone who tells others about Christ to, to find ways to really communicate. It's, it's amazing and it's joyous, but it doesn't mean that it's an easy life. So, uh, Garrett, when you mentioned New Believer, right, I was 17 years old and I basically gave my life to Christ or Christ found me, however Whichever language you're going to use is the same, basically. You know, God is giving me this new freedom, right, in Christ, like you said. And then I I went back to my sister. I really love her, and we have a really good relationship then and now. And in between, sort of, we have to work it out. But, you know, the first thing that she told me, we are friends. We are best friends. How can you do this? Mm -hmm. Remember, we, we were kind of nominal practicing halfway Catholics. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have, we didn't have the, a lot of religious obligations, but for her and for that culture in particular, that was almost a betrayal that mm-hmm. you will convert to Christ that way. They do, they do believe in Christ, but in a different way. So how she said, we are not friends anymore then. Are we going to be friends anymore? Because she felt that she's losing me, losing our relationship I'm talking about one of my sisters, you know, and it was tough. It was tough at the beginning. Nowadays, she's following the Lord a little bit uh, closer than before, 
and she understands what I'm doing, but you know, it's more than 30 years now. Mm-hmm. It's not like didn't happen yesterday. Yeah. So it's, it has taken time. So that's kind of the price tag that I was referring to in a way. Yeah, no, I, and I like how that we can look into scripture and see um, the difficulties the Israelites were having. They finally got their freedom and uh, it was still really hard and it was still, uh, still required faith, even yeah. though God delivered them from the things that they wanted freedom from. Um, then on Sunday, you introduce us to three different words, but three related words. And uh, the first one was paranoia, mm-hmm. which uh, all of us could relate to. Yeah. And uh, I, I think you asked if we've ever felt uh, paranoia and everyone in the church raised their hand. Um, but then you, you introduced this, introduced us to the second word that I don't know if people were convinced was even real. Um, pronoia. So if para- if you haven't listened to the message on Sunday, you can do so here on the pad- on the podcast, or you can check out our website ppc.church, where the sermon will be there as well. You enter us to this word pronoia. So if the definition of paranoia is is thinking at all times that people are out to get you, uh, the definition of pronoia is thinking that all times that people are out to help you. Yeah, basically, a person is experiencing pronoia when they feel that the world is around them uh, conspires to do them good. Uh, somebody says the sneaking feeling of one that one has that others are conspiring. I really like that word, conspiring behind your back to help you. Uh, is, so is that a real word? It is a real word. Uh, I don't know. People were laughing. I'm not sure if people believe that. It is. I mean, you can go back to, to I mean, obviously, you know, you, you already did that. You kind of probably search it up already. It is a real word. It's a Greek word. Yeah. Uh, obviously, paranoia, it comes from from the same uh, idea that, um, so, the, so both of these words are extremes, right? One is defined as somebody thinking that a person suffering from paranoia suspects that the person doesn't have a fat, they don't have the data, but they suspect that the person, any person or entities, you know, example given, governments, you know, anybody else, conspire against them. This one is conspire to help them out. So kind of the opposite, right? And by the way, you can be a pronoid that is sick too, because not everybody necessarily is looking forward to help to do you good, to, yeah. to be your helper or whatever. So you both are both of them are extremes. That's why I introduced the third word, which is basically a, a a word that is two words actually, theo, which is God, and pronoia, which is welfare or or providence. So the providence, the, the welfare of God, which that one you cannot argue with that one. I mean anybody can argue with that one, but you should not argue with that one because he has his best interest or your best interest in mind and when he's uh, thinking about you and about us. And so that's why I introduced the third one because humans are limited uh, even in doing evil and in doing good, but God isn't, Yeah. right? So, yeah, go ahead. So Well, no, so, so one of the ways that you explained pronoia was uh, the manna coming yes. from heaven every day. Um, and then you, one of the things you talked about is manna, comes every day but you won't you won't always like it oh yeah yeah what did you mean by that well i can give you a real example and a symbolic example right a real example is you know and i asked the congregation how will you feel about eating egg you know for a month like a friend of mine did you know and it's kind of difficult i really like eggs but uh uh i don't want to eat that morning you know 
uh, afternoon and night time. I don't want to do yeah, that yeah. Uh, every day, but they, he has to. And they actually, he, both of them, he and his wife. So they have to eat manna every single day, Garrett. I mean, imagine that might have tasted really good at the beginning, but every day, imagine yourself eating cake, probably the closer example, right, right. every day. Well, you can say, well, why don't you add coffee or tea? Okay, just let's let's add coffee or tea. But every day, I mean, it could be complicated, right? Really difficult. Yeah, after one but meal, after, after one day, I think I'd have enough cake. Yes, enough. Yeah. That's enough. But then imagine every day for 40 years. Gary. Wow. I mean, that's really complicated, right? But then let's just, an, another Im- image. Like, um, let's say you are asking God for guidance, right? Because you re- you are desperate, you really want to find your way into the future, and then what the Lord shows you, as you know, is that you need to, for instance, you need to go back and be a missionary in Taiwan, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But you're an American who love America, who love who love your lifestyle, and you probably don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Or you say, oh, I can try that for a month. A year, maybe, but then you get tired of the diet, and yeah. you say, "No, no, no! This is not exactly what I was asking for." So, these realized found themselves enjoying freedom, but really disliking the the, the diet of freedom, which in this case was repetitive. Mm-hmm. And so, I would say that people don't understand that when they are in this process of freedom, they need to go through a this process that is is basically a discipline. Uh, a practice, a training that will help them learn a different way of thinking and a different way of embracing life. And God uses some things like food, in this case, that it was not something that they really wanted to have, but they needed it in order for them to change the mentality. And one of them, they were grumbling all the time. If you remember, part of the passage says that they were they grumble. They grumbled the forty years, by the way. Mm, right. So anyway, so I think God is up to up there trying to change the way of your think you your, your thinking because the way you think and the way you feel really uh, imp- impacts the way you live. Hmm. Hmm, that's interesting. When when you talked about um, you know you pray to God, ask for guidance, and He says um, to go be a missionary in these countries. And I, and I've talked to to people, um, a lot of especially young adults who I see maybe on fire for God in certain times of the life. And then they get to this time in the life when they're trying to consider who it is that God's called them to be, um, what their calling is. And I see almost this retreat from like closeness with God. Cause I, and we talk about it. And sometimes they say like, well, I'm afraid, like I had these things I want to do in my life. Like this, pl- I had this plan I want, you know, whatever it is, they, whatever they is they want to do. I don't know, play basketball or, you know, make a lot of money, whatever it is that they think that they want to do and God doesn't. And they have this fear that like, well, if I go all out for God and follow God, I'm afraid he's going to tell me to do something that I don't want to do, to be a missionary or to give up all of my things or to give up my plan of being a professional basketball player. What would you say to that? For sure, you're going to have to give up something. I don't know what that might be. I'm not really thinking that you have to give up everything. But right. sometimes, so, so here's the way I think, right? At least this is my personal opinion, right? So you you are coming from regular to good, from good to better, and to better for for the best. In each one of those stages of life, you're gonna have to leave something behind. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Sometimes it could be uh, a relationship. Sometimes it could be a particular uh, enjoyment that you have. Just because it's not because the, that kind of thing that you're enjoying is is bad or good. It's just because it will distract you from your new goal. Uh, it's, it's like this real life having all their meat, all their you know melons and everything that they complain about and not having now um, and still having the freedom at the same time. So they will not really focus in free, uh, into freedom because they are distracted by pleasure. Right. So when you are distracted distracted by pleasure, pleasure, you won't be able to really focus into freedom because freedom also over, you know, kind of, it, it takes over uh, some stuff. And one of them is pleasure will be put, we will be put into balance because some people is having so much fun that they don't have chance to have anything else other than fun. Uh, I give an example. I I saw this guy in Canoga Park. His eyes lo- were kind of. Uh, he looks really tired. He really looked really tired, and I asked the somebody in there, why do they look like that? Because he not only him, somebody else. So it was a game room, by the way. He said, well, he plays it like nine hours straight. Hmm. I mean, video games, nine hours straight. I understand. I mean, everybody can do whatever they want, but nine hours. So he's paying a price, a physical price, an emotional and a mental price for that. But then maybe he's going to be asked later, do you want to have a different life? Hmm. And he might say, yes, I want to have a life of fulfillment and all that. But then, my friend, however you, your, his name was, uh, you're going to have to give us some of your games. Right. Maybe not necessarily the whole thing, but probably you're not going to be able to play nine hours straight. Right. Stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. <laughs> that's one of the exact things that I, that I deal with, with uh, that we talk a lot about when we talk about young adults um, and teenagers. I think they sense that that bad habit, you know, that they've, that the, in video games is, is one of them. I mean, a lot of our students, a lot of the students that I know play video games for nine hours a day or, really? oh, or all weekend, you know, like, wow. Oh, a weekend in the summer is coming up and, and a new game comes out. I'm going to play out of 48 hours. I'm going to play 30 hours of games. You but, know? but Gary, don't we also have some adults and not necessarily a PPC it can be anywhere, uh, that, what they they do what binge watching is that the way you call binge it binge watching yeah sure probably yeah. what twenty four hours yeah. <laughs> with some breaks yeah. and I'm I'm trying to just create some balance because you know I feel like the the youth they do a lot of of the gaming yeah but don't we adults also kind of binge sure. watch a yeah, lot absolutely. <laughs> yeah I don't yeah. it I don't it I mean not that I do that all the time but I don't that with certain series that I've been watching in the past. And you know it's wonderful. I can't deny that it's an incredible experience, but it takes a toll on you, a toll on you too. Right. And so, and yeah, obviously I can't do that all the time. Uh, not that I want to, but I really like it sometimes. Anyways, um, so you freedom is tricky to be honest with you, because when people talk about freedom, they're thinking they will do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Yes, they will do whatever they want, uh, and that sounds more like. What is whatever that I want? Well, so you need to decide between whatever you want and whatever is convenient to you. And sometimes you probably will have to de- decide that whatever you want is not 
necessarily what whatever you need right and so that so freedom is tricky because you will not be able to always get whatever you want sometimes you're going to have to decide between what you want and what to between what you want and what you need and sometimes what you need is to stop hmm. whatever that might be and uh and pause and, and decide that you will go in a different direction with your life um so so you know that's why i believe it's important to understand that the Lord God is out there actively seeking you out f- to do you good. And that's theopronoia that we were talking about, or the providence of God. But it's not a providence that somehow you will you will get to see it one day. No, it's something that is actively around you. Uh, and I don't know if... Like, for instance, this person from our church, she called me on Sunday, and she told me, I need to share with you something that happened to me. And it was basically that she was giving a, a you know, like a piece of bread, or you bread, by one of our uh, brothers here in, in the church. And so she drove to her place, and when she was driving, she was exiting, you know, coming out of the freeway and she saw this homeless person and somehow she felt that she would like to give it to him mm-hmm. a piece of it and then the green light came up i mean came up and and she have to drive she have to go move but she didn't this she decided that she would roll down her window and will give it to him instead of obeying the light right away so that's kind of weird right but she did that as soon as she gave it to him then boom it was a big accident right in front of her eyes. She wouldn't move down. I mean, she would not stop and give it to this man, uh, give the, the bread to this man. She would have a very bad accident. Mm. And wow. she, for her, it was like somehow this was the Lord allowing all these two events to happen. Number one, that the gentleman in our church gave her bread. Number two, she took a three, she gave offered to somebody else, and then she got stopped. And the green light, and then she uh, was uh, pr- uh, prevented from entering into this accident. Wow. So that's the way she saw it. I, I guess there are many things that we that are happening around us that we are not aware of it. And part of that is how do you understand? If you you will understand better freedom if you understand that it is for your best and you're more uh, for your best. I mean, it's not like God is trying to. Uh, control your life. I think teenagers and uh, young adults, anybody whatsoever, had the feeling that God is out there trying to control their lives right. and trying to be a what they call a party popper. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it, right? Party pooper. Party pooper. That's the way. That's the way. It's not any better, but yeah. Well, anyway, um, God is not that. Uh, right. God is is somebody who's actually want to throw a party for you. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's a, that's kind of what I think is important to convey is that um, within your freedom, I mean, God knows your heart and he knows what brings you true joy and he knows uh, what's what's best for you and how to strengthen you and sharpen you. And so, um, you know, you're going to be the best version of yourself if you follow God's leaning in your life. And I guess kind of not worry so much if God's going to rain down on all the fun things that you want to do, you know. I really like one expression that you just said. Um, you will be the best version version of yourself, mm-hmm. and that's something that I believe God is really focused on. 
he wants you to be your you be you and I all of us be our best version of ourselves why because that is a reflection of Christ you know we were made at the image of God and then somehow it got tainted by sin by bad decisions and by many things right when then came Christ and talking about Lent and coming up uh, Easter you know Jesus came to restore the image of God in us. And how does he do that? Well, he does, he does that through our journey into discipleship where we are transformed, according to Scripture, into his own image. And so it's amazing, but if you want to know who a free man is, you don't have to look at, uh, well, you could look at, you know, Peter and Moses and Esther. This is, she's a woman, right? Uh, and other important people in the world that found greater freedom. But if you really want to see a person who was totally free, you have to look at Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. If you read the gospel, he's the freer person that I ever known. You know, and he has this confidence. And we talk about that in our, one of our conversations in the past, Garrett, you and I, how he was able to go in front of Lazarus' tomb and says, hey, by the way, I'm going to say this prayer, remember? But it's not on my behalf. It's on behalf of my bro my friends, so they believe, so that do they do believe that you sent me. So he already had the confidence, Gary, yeah. that God is going to raise Lazarus from the dead, right? So I think we need to live with that with that confidence. It, that only comes when we are living in freedom. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, thank you so much for that. Um, uh, before we end here, I just wanted to uh, quickly spend some time on the um, the challenges that you invited us to participate in at the end. And this is a, a paraphrase of them, but I'm going to go through them real quick. And um, I'd love to uh, to hear from you a little bit more about how how we might be able to do this. Uh, so the first one is uh, identify an area of your life uh, that you're trapped by fear. Uh, the other one, second one was what area of your life needs more balance? And then the last one is embrace God's pronoia. Um, so those are the challenges that you left us with Sunday morning uh, this is the time that we now take what we've learned and take what we've uh, uh, heard from the scripture and apply it to our life. Um, what were you thinking when you when you invited us to challenge, uh, participate in this challenge? What were you thinking we would be able to do, maybe this week, to participate in this? So let me give, let me give you an example. For instance, if you uh, have been working in a job for a, in a job for the last twenty. 10, uh, 5 years, but you know deep inside that you might be able to get a better place where your skills and your talents and your knowledge could be uh, used in a greater level, then you're going to have to understand that you're trapped in that particular job because you, you, you fear you will not be able to find a better job. Mm -hmm. So I think God wants you to be in a better job if you have the abilities to do so. But you have to kind of review your own heart and say, wow, I think I do have the skills that it takes and the talent and the experience and the knowledge and the desire and commitment mm -hmm. to do this. So what will I have to stay in this job for the next 10, 5, or 15 years. So that, that could be probably a practical application, but it could be applied to anything. It could be into a relationship that you know is overdue, that you, you can't continue to have this relationship because it's not giving you any 
um, any joy, any transformation. You, you are basically are pretending that you are okay, but you are not okay. So you need to review that relationship. I, I'm not talking about getting divorced or something like that, but I'm saying, you know, you really have to make sure that the relationship that you are in are not diminishing you or you are diminishing the other party because if that's happening, you are trapped. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. That's just one example. Is that is that those are great? Yeah, those are great. Okay, like soul searching. Find out. You know, the reason I say find balance is because of this. There are normally there are normal people. No people people normally tend to be very fearful, or very very confident. Mm-hmm. When you're very fearful, you probably are suffering <laughs> with a little bit of parano- paranoia. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not a doctor, so I'm not saying that. I'm just the same probably and then when you are overconfident also you, you might be li- believing some lies you know that everybody likes you that you everybody's for you mm-hmm. and that's a stream pronoia you know in fact there is one guy in one of the movies that is told by by um i mean by the other guy in the movie hey do you believe you're a prince or something because you think everybody is for you and like he said, you're a stream uh, pronoid, mm-hmm. basically. So, 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 so you can't be in either or. You need to find balance, and the only way to find balance is when you understand that if you're overconfident, you need more hum- more humility, and you need to understand that some stuff are not gonna go your way, even if everybody's plotting to help you out. Mm-hmm. But if you're over, uh, I mean, I mean, if you're so fearful, you have to understand that not everybody wants to harm you, all right? So in, in, so in the balance to that is your trust in a, in, in a God that is seeking you out actively to support you and to bless you, and he can use human beings to do that. Um, and the last one is embrace God's pronoia. Basically, this, you know, tying into the last one that I'm talking about, and the reason I said Psalm 23rd is because, you know, I, like I made the church repeat that first verse, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm-hmm. You know, I shall not want. What, what shall I not want? Well, many things. One of them is guidance, for instance. That sounds prom- prom- promises, guidance, protection, provision, uh, you know, permanence. So many things that it pro- is, is pro- uh, promised through that psalm. And yet, um, we tend to fear that that might not happen to me. That might happen to Gary because he's cool and he's nice. Is this kind of guy, you know, that, that he does. I'm talking about you, Gary. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I don't know if I agree, but I'll, I'm listening. Well, you don't have to agree, obviously, but uh, I'm just in general saying that there are people that have been blessed with many things. You are one of them. Right? Do sure. you agree with that? Sure, of course. Okay, <laughs> right. And me too. Yeah, I've been blessed yeah. with many things. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. So, and sometimes we, people might think, well, that can happen to Garrett, to right. Alfredo, to, I don't know, Stacy, Carolina, whoever, right? But not to me. Right. I mean, is that right, Garrett? Oh, yeah. People people say those kind of things all the time. But if you read the Psalm 23rd, you will see that it's for you too. I mean, only for Garrett and Alfredo, for, for whoever is listening to this. You are part of God's um, mighty flock. <laughs> yeah. We call it little flock. We also can call it mighty flock. Why? Because we have a, goal, a God who is almighty, and he's making us better and better every day. So 
Yes, Psalm 23 or 23 is one place to start, but there are many other places. There is one that I really like that says, taste and, and see that the Lord is good. So it kind of, you have to taste it or, and see, find out how good God is. I would like to encourage us, you and I, Garrett, and the rest of the people that is listening to us, to really find out every day how good God is. I mean, yeah. And how, how, what do you think about it? No, that's uh, so good. It's so, it's so important, and I think it's it's a frame of mind. It's the way that you live life. Um, you know, waking up every day and thinking, "Is God for me or is God against me?" Well. I don't know where, nowhere I can find that it says God's against you. So if you wake up every day knowing that the creator of the universe is for you and wants you to, to succeed and uh, to be, like I said, the best version of yourself, I think you're going to go through life um, truly feeling deeply loved by God. So let me just comment quickly on that one that you just said. God is for me or against me. And I really like that you chose to say, yes, God is for me because he is, right? right. I practice. I don't I don't remember if I said that on Sunday, but I, yeah, maybe no, maybe I didn't. But I practice something that I call, uh, and I pra- I'm, have been practicing this for the last three months. I mean, conscientiously and intentionally. Probably I did it in the past, but this is more like every day. Something that I call mercies embraced. Hmm. Uh, which is basically the fact that uh, Lamentations chapter 3 says that his mercies are new every morning. Hmm. So for me, what happened yesterday already happened. And so whatever is going to happen in the future, it's going to happen. But right now it's, it's happening. Today is happening. So the prophet is asking us to, and, and then, you know, his people back then, um, to embrace the new mercies every day. So every day when I wake up, the, one of the first things that I do is to go to a particular place that I have in my house, and I say, Lord, I embrace this new day. And not only that, I embrace your new mercies for me, for my wife, for my children, for the church, for everybody. So I think practicing that is important, like embracing every day, like you said, not is asking if God is with me or against me. It's more like thanking him that he is mm-hmm. with us. Yeah, just believing it from the moment that you wake up. And uh, even if you're not exactly sure, um, just try it, right? Just I like that, just try Gary. It. I really like that. Yeah. I really like that. You Even if you are not exactly sure, it's like sometimes you are not sure of many things. Like, for instance, are you sure that the chair in which you are sitting right now will hold you? You probably are not sure sometimes, but you right. see it, right? Yeah. And sometimes, most of the time, it holds you up normally, right? Yeah. It, it, it keeps you safe, but sometimes they break, and that, that's life. Sometimes things break, break, you know? So I would just say keep trying, yeah, even when you don't feel like 100% secure or sure, uh, just keep trying, keep moving forward, because there is a promise in Psalm 23 that says, surely, uh, your uh, your goodness and mercies, mercy will follow me. Imagine that. Will follow. It's like chasing you every day of every day of my life, and I will dwell in I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So here you go in in your earth, earthly um, walk and journey. Uh, goodness and mercies are with you until you reach your next point, which is eternity. And then for eternity too. So Mm. isn't it great? That's great. Uh, I just want to thank you uh, so much just for sharing with us 
today and uh, uh, we appreciate uh, what you bring on Sunday morning and uh, it's just a joy to be able to uh, to learn with you and uh, for have you uh, reveal uh, just God's plan for our life. So thank you so much for doing that. I just want to thank everyone for listening and um, as always you can uh, find out more about uh, our church at ppc.church and I really hope um, that we get to see a lot of you uh, this Sunday but especially on Easter Sunday. Uh, have a good day. Thank you.